Well, hello, my gruesome friends. For today's episode, we're doing something a little different. Unfortunately, my bestie and co-host, Eleanor, can't make it in for today's episode as she is currently busy being the biggest freaking rock star on earth, baby, and launching a clothing line. And it makes sense that I would do this podcast just solo dolo along with all of you because obviously outside of Eleanor, you're my other bestie. And Bestie, I did in fact kind of have a burning question. As somebody who grew up on a chicken farm in rural Georgia most of my adolescence, have y'all ever heard about the KFC mutant chicken conspiracy theory? You might call it a conspiracy theory, but listen, I call it gospel. Have you ever really looked at KFC food for like a little bit too long? You know when you stare at like a word for too long and it stops looking like a word, it stops looking like English? If you stare at KFC chicken for too long, I'm pretty sure you could probably see what extraterrestrials actually look like. It's really misshapen and weird and I'm not necessarily a fan. So there's this whole rumor online that KFC's chicken comes from mutant chickens. And it's this huge widespread thing. And I thought, perfect, perfect. What else do you guys want to hear me by myself ramble for, for an entire podcast episode, but weird chicken. And of course, as I started digging into this, I read a lot of weird stuff about KFC. I read a lot of articles. I went on YouTube. I even deep dove into a bit of Colonel Sanders' autobiography, which, not joking, is called Finger Lickin' Good. It might be for the best that I couldn't find out too much about the mutant chicken rumor. What I did find super interesting is Colonel Sanders himself. For example, did you know that uh, he shot one of his business rivals? with a gun. And that little shootout is one of the least interesting things about KFC itself. Because when I went onto YouTube to find out more, I was targeted with a KFC ad. Now, for those of you out there listening who have ever had a midnight drunken craving for some greasy fried chicken, you won't be surprised to know that KFC's ads are really, really weird. And I've known that. I've known that their marketing is weird. I also, at this point, I'm just like, oh my God, they're on to me. They think that I'm lowy bot still. They don't think that I'm lowy. And I braced myself for the strangeness to come. Because between the year 2000 and today, KFC has done things like release a fried chicken scented sunscreen, a Nashville hot vinyl album dedicated to chicken. They've had romance novels, video games, prom corsages, and even their very own movie. So with all of that in mind today, I wanted to dive into a bit of the history of KFC's weird ads, as well as looking into the man, the myth, the legend himself, Colonel Sanders. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loie, your friendly neighborhood true believer who somehow has the podcast all to herself today. We are missing today my co-host Eleanor, our perpetually stubborn skeptic who we love so very much. And together we are the Gruesome Twosome, and this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. We might find the answers we're looking for, or we might just scare ourselves into staying up all night, but one thing is for sure, we're glad to have you guys along for the ride. And today's ride is a weird one. Weird, weird, weird. We're talking about KFC's ads. Now, this entire episode started off because KFC has some like notoriously strange ads, infamously bizarre. 
And it doesn't stop at a couple of weird ads. KFC kind of has their meaty little claws in everything and anything media related, from video games to movies to weird ads to just like kind of chicken propaganda all over the internet. KFC, again, just has a little bit of it all. And I really wanted to understand why the ads are so weird. Is it a publicity stunt or is it something much darker? This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. To understand what's so weird about KFC's ads today, we should probably talk about its mascot, the one and only Colonel Sanders. And ooh, buddy, Colonel Sanders. He is weirder than I ever could have imagined. Also, I feel like maybe some of you at home will relate to this, but I didn't know Colonel Sanders was like a real dude. I thought he was just like a token white man that they made up for KFC to sell chicken. But no, he was a real guy and his life was crazy. So if you're like me and you didn't know, the colonel was a real guy named Harland Sanders. Harland was born in 1890 and had a bit of a troubled childhood. When he was 12 years old, he left home to work as a farmhand. When he was just 15, he left that farm to take care of himself by working a series of odd jobs. And these jobs included painter, railroad, fireman, plowman, streetcar conductor, ferryboat operator, and insurance salesman. Oh, and if that wasn't enough, he was also a justice of the peace, which is basically a lower officer of the court in Little Rock, Arkansas for a few years. So if LinkedIn was around back in like the 1800s, early 1900s, this guy would have been scouted by everybody. He could do it all, baby. But speaking of the justice of the peace job, he actually lost that position. So maybe he wouldn't get every job on LinkedIn. And he lost his job as justice of the peace because he got into a fist fight with a client while in court. I thought this was really interesting. Harlan has a weird uh, pattern, I guess you could say, of getting into some bizarre fights for seemingly no reason. We don't know why Harlan got into a fist fight with a client in court, but we do know that he was arrested after hitting this client in the face. Some people even say that he tried to smash a chair over this client's head. Some say he successfully did it. No matter what the case was, Harland was forbidden from ever practicing law again. Or, as he puts it in his autobiography, I decided I didn't want to be a lawyer anymore. He immediately after this went back to working for the railroad, cleaning toilets, 
but he was pushing 30 at this point and worried about the future. And oh, buddy, I can relate. I've got like six more months of 29 left in me, and Lord knows I don't want to be cleaning toilets by then. By 1929, Harland had managed to open his own gas station in Corbin, Kentucky. It was here that he cooked for his family and the occasional customer in the back room. But everybody he served food to loved it, loved it. So he started selling fried chicken, ham, and greens out of his tiny shell gas station. Everyone who had this chicken absolutely loved it. Everyone who ate Harland's cooking was like, man, this guy who's like cleaning toilets on the train and also... I don't know, like a justice of the peace sometimes. And just, he he wears many hats, but apparently a chef's hat was one he wore particularly well. And thus enter the earliest rendition of Kentucky Fried Chicken, born in a humble little shell gas station. Now, this is the part of the story where it gets really, really wild. Business started plummeting for a while in the early 30s, and Harlan could not figure out why. He's like, damn, people really liked my cooking. I mean, yeah, I'm still operating out of this little gas station, but what gives? One day, after doing a bit of investigating, Harlan noticed that another local business owner had painted over his gas station signs to direct traffic away from his Shell gas station. The nerve of some people. I mean, this guy was over there running this gas station, making his food, and this petty fellow business owner was like, uh, no, no, actually, I'm going to paint over this. So Harlan... What did, what did he do, actually? Can I take a quick quiz here? A, Harland went on his merry way and decided that he would just handle this situation by continuing to make grade fried chicken. Uh, B, okay, B would be that maybe he contacted the local authorities, put a stop to this, said that somebody was painting over his signs that he worked so hard to put up for his own business. Or C, he shot this man, shot him for this absolute infringement upon his business. And if you picked C, you would in fact be the winner. Harlan decided to take matters into his own hands when he approached this guy who was basically stifling all of his business. And he had a few Shell gas executives with him who just happened to be visiting at the time. Really picture this, right? Like we've got Colonel Sanders and I know he didn't really look like this, but we have like Colonel Sanders, man. Like with the white hair, the mustache, all of it. He's buff as hell. He's walking up with his little army of goons aka the Shell gas executives. And this guy had to be freaked out because when I say that Colonel Sanders approached this man, what I really mean is that he straight up threatened to kill him if he ever caught him doing it again. Of course, the man who had painted over the signs was like, I don't want to be threatened. So he pulled out a gun and started to shoot at Harland. Now, he missed Harland, but he did, in fact, kill one of the Shell gas station executives who also happened to have a gun. So Harland is like, hell no. He grabs this gun and uses it to shoot the sign guy, the guy who's painting over the signs. He just shoots him. Now, Harland says he didn't try to kill this man, but what was he really getting up to, right? So this thief doesn't die. The sign guy doesn't die. And Harland wasn't trying to kill him. The police show up. And guess who's arrested? Not Harland. Just the sign thief. Harland wasn't arrested because police believed that he had acted in self-defense. And to be fair, from this story, it sure does sound like it. However... 
I just don't know how much we can believe out of Harlan Sanders' mouth, as we'll, we'll talk about a bit later. So the sign thief goes to jail for a couple of years, and actually in that meantime, his gas station shut down. So Harland now has the monopoly on gas stations in this area, baby. And he is thriving. Business is booming. He's selling his chicken. I'm sure he's pumping gas. All is well. News began to spread far and wide of how good Harlan's food was, enabling him to split the restaurant from the gas station. He opened a 142-seat restaurant-slash-motel hybrid called the Harlan Sanders Court and Cafe. So where did the name of the colonel come from? Harlan isn't exactly walking around with any military ribbons after all. Well, in 1936, Sanders was honored with the title of Kentucky Colonel by the state's governor. It was from his work in one of his many, many side gigs as a midwife. I'm not joking. Look this up. Colonel Sanders had so many jobs. He's literally like Barbie of like the late 1800s, early 1900s. Like I truly believe if he could have been in space, he would have been. So Colonel Sanders, he's given the honorary title of Colonel because he was a midwife and he helped the women of Corbin give birth. Eventually, he traveled the U.S. to franchise his recipe to other restaurant owners who decided to change the company name to Kentucky Fried Chicken. KFC, as we now know it, was born then. When we talk about the recipe that Sanders was franchising out to other restaurant owners, we need to mention a huge controversy around the KFC brand. This controversy is whether or not the recipe that made Colonel Sanders a wealthy billionaire was stolen from a Black woman named Miss Childress. And the answer that we know behind this controversy is complicated. According to some sources, including the African Diaspora Facebook page, the claims are true. They say that not only did Colonel Sanders steal this woman's recipe, he later tried to pay her just $1,200 for it before the company went on to become a multi-billion dollar global empire. One thing to keep in mind is that many sources claim there's not actually any evidence of this, however. For instance, Snopes found no evidence to support the Miss Childress story in a newspaper archive that stretches back more than 100 years. And one prominent food writer made no mention of Sanders having stolen the recipe from a specific Black woman. In a widely cited 2003 biography, Colonel Sanders and the American Dream. But of course, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. There is a pattern in history that reflects a similar narrative. In fact, there are quite a few accusations against white entrepreneurs and chefs taking recipes and ideas from African-Americans without giving them due credit. For example, it's been proven that the inventor of Jack Daniel's recipe was a formerly enslaved person. Sadly, it's a really hard thing to prove because many Black folks during those times were denied the right to learn how to read and write. Because of this, they were not able to properly document their culinary practices and recipes, nor understand legal documents pertaining to intellectual property. So the verdict here is that it's unproven, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. And of course, the United States in particular has a very, very seasoned history of stealing things from Black people and slapping a white person's name on that. Sticking with KFC, however, no matter where this chicken comes from, over the next 60 or so years, KFC became one of the most popular fast food chains in the world. A lot of this was due to their instantly recognizable ads, starring Colonel Sanders himself, sincerely describing his chicken. But remember, this episode is about weird KFC ads. Those are just the ads people remember. Because for the last 20 or so years, KFC's ads have been 
bizarre. And the reason as to why is either really boring or truly sinister. Up next, we're going to talk about some of the absolute weirdest KFC ad campaigns throughout history. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. I wish that I could pinpoint the exact moment in history, the pivotal time where KFC ads started being weird, but honestly, they are bizarre as far back as the 1960s. There's this 1967 ad starring Colonel Sanders and a bunch of middle-aged women who have him hooked up to a lie detector in a dark, dimly lit warehouse. They're asking him, berating him about the recipe for KFC's chicken. And this lie detector is going crazy as the colonel lies about what is in the chicken. I think at one point he even says, a uh, chair. And it's really weird because this ad has a lot of quick cuts to extreme close-ups of their upset faces and the colonel just laughing. This ad ends with the narrator saying, it's so finger-licking good, it'll be the colonel's secret forever. <laughs> and then after that, a distorted drawing of the colonel's face, like something straight out of an analog horror video. It's literally the stuff of nightmares, and they're using this to promote the chicken. Now, another ad from 1970 shows hordes of zombie-like housewives escaping their homes. At one point, a hand reaches out from underneath a sewer lid, and a voice starts repeating the word escape, escape, over a dozen times. Then, a slew of mad homemakers run through a tunnel towards the nearest KFC. The whole time, there's like an air raid siren going on. And this ad also ends with a distorted face. It just doesn't sound real, right? It sounds like the stuff of nightmares, first off, but it also sounds like entirely hoax-worthy stuff. Something you'd find on Facebook with the tagline, do you guys remember these weird KFC ads? And it ends with someone like being hypnotized and I don't know, like killing their whole family. Like it doesn't sound real, but it is. And this is how they were marketing the chicken for years. Thankfully, for the most part, however, KFC ads were relatively normal for the next few decades. Even after the colonel died in 1980, the company would still heavily rely on images of him and the sort of persona they built around him to sell their chicken. But I guess business wasn't doing so hot or they just felt like they needed a change in marketing because around the year 2000 or so, things got really weird. And from there, it's never slowed down. There's genuinely too much history here to go over, so we're just going to be talking about some of the craziest ad campaigns in KFC history. It was probably around 2014 where KFC just really committed to the bit and started saying, yeah, uh, screw it. What can we do? What can we do to get the people talking? Oh, I know. How about a chicken corsage? You guys know what corsages are, right? None of my prom dates ever gave me a corsage. Oh my God, wait, now that I'm thinking about it, no, no, my, oh, they all sucked. I went to prom four years in a row because I was kind of like, I was kind of that girl in high school and I like always had like a man to <laughs> drag to prom. So I went to prom all four years and I don't think 
any of those guys bought me a corsage. If only I had had chicken on my wrist, man, maybe then I would have felt peace. I know it all sounds weird, and it really is. This was a real thing. The KFC chicken corsage was released just in time for high school prom season in 2014, and people could buy it for just $20. Now, if you did buy it, you would actually just get the corsage structure in the mail, along with a $5 KFC gift card. Of course, it wasn't sent with the chicken. You were supposed to go and buy the chicken hot and fresh yourself in person. And KFC probably shouldn't be sent through the mail. Yeah. Probably a good idea that they did it the way that they did. So that's a little weird, right? Nothing, nothing compared to the rest of what we're talking about. Let's discuss their Mother's Day stunt in 2017. This is when KFC released a romance novel that claims to have been written by Colonel Sanders. The 96-page Tender Wings of Desire is set in Victorian England and was available on Amazon for free. The novel is about Lady Madeline Parker, who must choose between a life of order and a man of passion. Want to take a wild guess who the man of passion is? It's Colonel Sanders. Yeah. It's Colonel Sanders, a handsome sailor with a mysterious past. So, the romance novel was part of a promotion for the $20 Phillips special. Until it was removed from Amazon at the end of the promotion, the book had four out of five stars, with some fans writing excellent reviews, such as calling it deliciously crisp writing with free-range love. However, other people didn't love it. The colonel didn't satisfy me, said one reader. That's all nothing compared to what KFC did in 2019. That year, they've released an infamous free video game called I Love You, Colonel Sanders, a finger-lickin'-good dating simulator. This game is incredible. It's also free, as I said, and I, I cannot recommend enough that you play it because it's the funniest experience you will ever have. The game stars what can only be described as a sexy, young Colonel Sanders. And it begins by introducing the player character, a new student at a culinary school called University of Cooking School, which itself is led by a corgi named Professor Dog. He does prefer that you call him Sprinkles, and he is the cutest little guy you've ever seen in your life. Now, this game's premise is to seduce sexy Colonel Sanders while learning to cook delicious KFC products. The only real way to win the Colonel's heart in this game is by impressing him with your cooking abilities and knowledge. Spoiler alert, to win, you just have to make him mashed potatoes and mac and cheese. The man knows what he likes, okay? And you are in culinary school not to learn new skills and not to get an education so that you can go on with your life and be wildly successful on your own. No, you're there to please a man. This is America. Thank you. So this just goes on and on and on. And so by now, you're probably asking, like, what is the point of all of this? The short answer as to why KFC ads got so freaking weird is that the restaurant itself was on the decline year after year once Colonel Sanders died. And they actually saw some of the lowest profits in the company's history in the early 2000s. Their director of advertising has admitted that this is all specifically catered to target millennials and Gen Z, saying that, quote, we believe that a steady stream of original branded content is essential to our marketing mix. We've learned that we need to extend our brand positioning beyond traditional advertising to really break through and make a dent in pop culture. So to summarize, why does KFC have weird ads? Because it works. I'm here making an entire podcast episode by myself to talk about it. 
I guess that there could be darker meanings behind it all. Mayhaps they are brainwashing us into wanting their mutant chicken. But is it really a conspiracy? No, it's really not. What's interesting, though, is that while Colonel Sanders was a freaking weirdo, KFC itself has quite a bit of controversy around it, including, but not limited to, a number of known human rights violations, as well as truly dystopian qualities, like how they're helping China to develop facial recognition software to help guess someone's order based on their appearance. And so they're doing things like this. Like, they're, they're truly sinister. They are the evil overlords. But they're disguising it all with these wacky, fun, goofy little marketing strategies. And at the end of the day, what is marketing really for except to make you think about the best parts of a business and to distract you from the very worst? So is this some sinister subplot to get us all to buy KFC chicken and make us forget about their wrongdoings? In short, yeah. Yeah, of course, that's what marketing is all about. We are, in fact, in a capitalist society, and this is what marketing is. It tries to be as interesting and as engaging as possible to make you think about the product for as long as you possibly can. Okay, how'd I do, folks? What are we thinking at the end of today's episode? Are you craving the Colonel's Kentucky Fried Chicken? Or do you think you'll skip out and just go with, like, the mashed potatoes and gravy? Let me know all over social media by using hashtag gruesome twosome to express your thoughts on today's episode. I would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening. I am your host, Loie Lane, and today, all on my little lonesome, I was the gruesome twosome. I have loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Lowybug and follow Eleanor at Snitchery. And support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast, Slash Management, and Ed Simpson, Fanny Baudry, and Leah Sutherland from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro, with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Chelsea Parker, and is associate produced by Gitu Meira and Tracy Levy. Research and script writing provided by Jed Bookout. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor Barnes a.k.a. The Gruesome Twosome.